When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Looking around, I find the sea. I think I need a change. The rat race, I wanna flee. My world, I'll rearrange. I'm getting back to the roots of how it's meant to be. Growing gardens, picking fruit, racing livestock, living free. It's a Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornbro, and I'm joined today by William Horvath. And I'm glad to have you on today. So welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, you got some, you got a lot of cool stuff going on. Your website is Permaculture Apprentice. Apprentice, yes. Yeah. yes, yes, yes. And, and I've ran across it in the past a few times, just seeing articles and seeing some things and hearing about you. And then when I really started jumping into what you got going on, you got some pretty cool things going on. And today we're going to talk about kind of this farm management, homestead management, whether that be time or projects or whatever. But before yeah. we jump into all that, I kind of like to hear a little bit about your journey, kind of where you came from, how you got where you're at. All right. So I'll try to keep this as short as possible. But for your audience, I assume they're mostly US based. I'm, I live in Croatia. I was born here and I spent most of my life here except a small part of my life when I lived in Australia. So I grew up in Croatia during uh, during the war. I don't know if maybe some of your podcast listeners remember the Yugoslavian war. It was a civil war, so that was part of my childhood. And I grew up on a small farm. So we were, most of my childhood, we were self-reliant, you could say. We had a small farm and we were producing a lot of stuff for our own needs. Mm-hmm. And then during the war, that was even more pronounced. And we lived in a small village. And I would say that that experience definitely profoundly shaped me to be the person that I am today. So I would have um, to, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, when I grew up, I... I, I became a geologist, so and my journey took me to Australia, where I worked as an exploration geologist, but I wasn't that keen on having a career in that occupation because it was essentially going against everything I was about. And I was about nature, I was about agriculture, I was so many things that, and I was in a job that was actually destroying nature and they were planning to do big projects, destroying native habitat. And as I was trying to see what other things I could do in my life, I don't know how, but permaculture somehow popped on my radar and I went down that rabbit hole. And I would say that through outside time, getting inspired and then thinking about what what I could do, I realized that we have... We have land back in Croatia, which is family-owned. And like, not like you in the U.S., we don't have property taxes. 
So, you know, we can, you can live off the land without that pressure of paying your tax. We have property taxes via other means. They're not called property taxes, but you still have to pay them. But it's much easier to get land. It's much easier once you have it to live off the land. So that was kind of my plan to go back to Croatia to start my farm and do permaculture. And as I done that, I started my website to document my journey and to kind of scratch my own itch in a sense of I couldn't find a lot of information. A lot of information was, I would say, like TED level solution based, big, how to say, big talk, a lot of talking, but not enough practical information. <laughs> so I came from that perspective. And today I'm even more into that practical side of the things with my website. So eventually through some time it evolved. And now as I have evolved as well, in the beginning, it was mostly, I would say, focused on farm income st- side of things. Now it's practical and lately the time management, project management, because that's kind of the ultimate practical things yeah. that you have to do at day-to-day basis. So, and here I am today. Sure. Yeah, sounds good. Just out of curiosity, I don't know a lot about Croatia, but how's the growing conditions there? What's the land like? Is it a pretty good place to try to grow food or do you have to do a yes. lot? Has permaculture really been something you've needed to get it to grow? Well, we have like three or four different type of climates. We have the coastal Mediterranean climate, you would say that similar to California. Then we have the continental climate similar to parts Wisconsin and all those areas that are close okay. to the Canadian boundary. And we have also some prairie type of climate as well so it's a rather small country but we have a diversity of climates and i'm in the continental climate in the hills i have basically two properties one that i live on which is a quarter and an acre urban type of property on the outskirts of a small town and i have another one there's a family farm that i visit commute to and manage which is seven acres and they're both in the continental climate but similar conditions like i already said so it's not like like a midwest united states kind of yeah okay so it's It's good 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 growing conditions we have rain this year is amazing we have so much rain it's coming basically every two three days okay it's spring but we are not used to having that reliable rainfall so um, better than we are right now we've been kind of in a drought for a few weeks and it finally did just rain yesterday so we're coming out of it yeah well that's great man yeah well i'm ready to jump into kind of our topic of yeah of management of homestead management farm management where would you like to start with that really i guess the need for it i think would be a good place to start why do we need the management i'm a i'm kind of a guy just gets out there and does things but yeah. There is something to be said about having an order to things, a proper management to things to really get stuff done. Okay. So I really admire people like you. So who can, I, most of my farm management career, <laughs> I was like that, but I just simply became overwhelmed, not just because of the farm stuff, because I became a father like five years ago. Mm, yeah. And then there were obviously like, I'm taking to I'm pulled to so many directions and I'm trying to manage so many, so many things on day-to-day basis that I simply had to have some kind of management system for my farm. Yeah. And the thing is, we kind of, we are all 
you know, motivated and inspired. We watch all the videos and read our blog posts and then we want to do something. But then we have the standard challenges are that we don't have the time or resources or skills. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to get overwhelmed. And I get overwhelmed, not daily, but it's easy to get overwhelmed with everything that I need to do. So to keep my sanity, I'm trying to have a fire management system so I can kind of outsource everything to the system that I have for management. And at the end of the day, I don't have to keep all those things in my head, but I'm really, but I would say that there are several that there are different type of people who, as in permaculture design, in permaculture design, you have people who are, who like to design everything into details on a computer and paper, every bit of detail is clearly drawn. And you have some people who they come to the site and they design on the site. They just look at the site and they don't need any plan. So we are all different, but for me, at least, I found that it's much easier to be on top of the things with everything that I want to do, that I'm doing, that I would like to do if I have some kind of system which would help me then to have a clear view of what I'm doing. Sure. Yeah, I know for me, it's like I have to kind of compartmentalize things. I have to take this section, focus on it, and kind of get my mind off that big picture for a little bit and kind of focus on one thing at a time. Because when I start thinking about the whole, I do get overwhelmed. It's like I got to take one thing at a time. I'm just going to deal with that in front of me. I don't know if that's your way you do it. Yeah, well, that's exactly how I think about it because the farm or the homestead they it has all these different systems okay that mm-hmm. are you no know, moving pieces going in parallel and they are all connected in some way but from a f- management perspective you kind of look at them separately as different components and then you can focus on each component and then deal with the moving pieces in that component so for example on a homestead you could have a garden, you would have an orchard or a food forest. Then you would have your soil management system, your energy systems, your mm-hmm. plant propagation systems. And they, within themselves, they all have different moving pieces Then you can then tackle once you focus on them separately in that way. Yeah. So what's your, what's your method for handling that and getting it all together, kind of put connecting it all together, but focusing on one thing at a time, you have a system yeah. for that? Okay, yeah, I call it the trident of getting things done on the property. Uh, And that's essentially comes down to knowing the what, when, and how. So what is the big picture, plan or roadmap with phases and steps of what you are doing with that system. We can come a bit later about giving you an example, but then you have the when is the calendar of when the things from that roadmap need to happen. And then you have the how, which is the step-by-step, how we execute the logistics and the practical how-to. So, And that's how I approach basically everything. It's what, when, and how. And I have, for different systems, I have different roadmaps or plans or whatever you want to call it, plan of execution, where I can prioritize which steps need to happen and in what order. And then I have a calendar for when each of those steps need to happen and the how-to are the guides which I create for myself, but they don't necessarily have to be written by someone. You can, the number of guides, including on your website on how to do something. So it's more like a process is more important. Information is abundant. We have 
almost too much information. Like the process and the framework and the thinking behind it is what's important when it comes to management. Yeah. So when you're thinking about the what, are you just really thinking about the end goal? Like this project, what's the end goal? What do I want to accomplish with it? That's what you're thinking of when you think of the what, right? Yes. Yes. And I can give you an example. So what would be, let's, if we take one system, for example, a food forest, so what would mean your roadmap for the establishment of food forest? Okay. And that, if you want to establish a food forest, eventually once you establish it, you're going to maintain it. So all these steps, all these phases could be outlined in your roadmap. So for example, especially from a permaculture perspective, you will have for each system like that, you would have design phase and then you have implementation or execution phase, and then you have the maintenance phase. And design would be simply planning. You are planning, for example, if you are planning food forest or an orchard, you would have a planning where you're kind of planning what type of plants you'll be growing in which layout and where the site is going to be and everything when it comes that is related to design and then you will have when it comes to implementation it will be certain phases when you are implement when you are establishing that project like a site preparation what you need to do in site preparation like site survey site clearing what you need to do in the initial soil works if you're doing some Earthworks, for, for example, swales or something like that. And then if you need then soil conditioning works, if you are improving the soil in some way, for example, with cover crops and then eventually planting. And once, you, that, once, you're done, once you're done with that, then you have the maintenance, which also has its steps that you would do, for example, within a year or something like that. So that would be your, your roadmap. You can develop a roadmap for each of the systems you have. It would be different. Yeah. Um, but yeah. For me, when I was establishing, I'm still establishing, it's an ongoing thing, my yeah. food forest, my soil's pretty good. So I didn't have to do a lot of soil conditioning because the soil here is just really healthy already. Yeah. So for me, it was just, okay, I don't really have the money to build this entire thing at once or the resources or the time yes. of just of really getting in here and like within a year having a whole functioning food forest. So what yes. I did was I focused on the whole first year was just getting like, say 20, 30 of my overstory trees planted. Yes. Then I went in and I took one guild at a time and kind of started putting my support plants in and, and just started moving around to around these trees one at a time, two at a time, building my guilds. And it was just a, a stepping stone and trying to yes. have this ultimate goal of what I'm trying to accomplish. But I knew it had to go in pieces and it had to be, it was going to take time. But again, I had to follow that roadmap of slowly getting it there because yes. I knew it was overwhelming to try to do it all at once. Yes. And that's very similar to what I've done. I done exactly what you were saying. Well, first I had some trial and errors <laughs> with just skipping all the steps and going to planting and then realizing it's the wrong place and I didn't yeah. improve the soil. And then that tree, I have one of those trees I call the control tree, which is just going on its own and it's going really slowly. But that's exactly what I done is I, when it comes to food forest, I mark where my rows are going to be. I done some soil improvement. Then I planted my canopy trees. Once they are in, then next year or two years or even five years after, I will be gilding the trees, building, building the support species, the perennials, herbaceous perennials, because they are easy to establish and it's a different approach. But the big step was Step putting planting the canopy trees first. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's your framework. You don't have it in Britain, but that's a framework that's maybe 
uh, worth of writing about if you didn't already on on your yeah on, talk <laughs> talked about it plenty <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah maybe you can uh, do maybe yeah maybe with the AI can uh, AI maybe can do like a summary of your podcast and put in your step and that's it yeah we got to put we got to put the machines to work for us before we yes. start working for them <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I made my fair share of mistakes too, putting in support trees. I would, I planted a few trees that really weren't conducive to my climate yes. and they end up not making it or they're not doing what you want them to do, or they just take too much maintenance to try to keep them going. And it's like, is that really worth it? I, it is. Mm. I'm trying to build something that takes less work because yes. again, yes. time management's a big part of this too. I don't want to have to be dedicating my life to just trying to keep things alive. I want yes. them to just live. And so there's a lot of mistakes that you can make there too. So research is, it can definitely be part of the beginning of that planning stage for sure. And finding out what's going to grow well and figuring out yeah. what to do. Yeah. It's a good and, step to do. Uh, I was just listening today to Jeff Lawton and he was saying that in the beginning, like permaculture systems, and when you're trying to do something, they're really information heavy in a sense you do your research you do a planning and then even when you do implementing it's enormous amount of work in the beginning but everything that you're doing today is kind of should should pay itself later on in a sure. sense of how much work you would be investing so basically once you go through that implementation then maintenance is just like today when i'm going on my farm when i was doing when i was planting trees and doing everything it was really hard and I would put in the hours, but now I know like in two hours, I know what I need to do. And that's part of the yearly maintenance part at a certain part of the year. And I do it and that's it basically. It's kind of, as the system matures, it's less and less work. And that's the ultimate goal that we want. Yeah. A lot of that falls into your next phase though, is the kind of the win, right? Knowing yes. when to do things in the main, well, it's win in the design and also the win in maintaining it and, yes. and everything. Yes, yeah. yes. So, so the next is the win from that trident. First was the what, your roadmap. And then when it's all about when you do the tax mm -hmm. from tasks from the, from your roadmap and anything related to farming and homesteading is seasonal and you need to do things at the right time. You don't want to miss the window and then you have to wait for the next year or do something at the wrong time of the year and then you waste yeah. your resources. So that's all. When is extremely important in farming. We are very dependent on yeah. weather and frost dates and the last planting dates and stuff like that. So when is extremely important. Yeah. To I do find that in the beginning, the win is way more important than after something gets established and it's running kind of full strength. I take, for example, like fertilizer. In the beginning, you got to really be kind of proactive on feeding your soil and feeding your plants and doing things. But then after your food forest, say, for example, gets established, chop and drop is kind of a year-round thing. You just kind of do yes. it when you're out there and you're doing it. And it's not really so so touchy and so particular about when it gets dropped or how it's feeding. Yes. It's kind of an ongoing yes. thing. So yes. it's, more, it's more picky in the beginning, for sure. Yeah. So that's why you kind of, if you can... Well, I'm maybe extreme in extreme example because I do these things as a do these things for a living. So yeah, I create myself calendars, I do the roadmaps, I create the guides. But as I said, I solve I solve my problems. I scratch my own each in a sense. For example, when I'm in the same phase where I'm planting perennials, herbaceous perennials, and one of the perennials that is so much talked about is comfrey, the, the dynamic accumulator that you put in the guilds. 
And I was trying to propagate comfrey by taking root cuttings. And plant propagation is extremely sensitive in a sense of you know, timing. And I was, there is a field that is really close to where I live. And I would often go there to walk and stuff. And I would, I would see comfrey and I was thinking, okay, I'm digging this. And I'm, I'm digging this guy out. And I done it in the, I would say, at the late summer. Mm. And I spent, I was digging, I was taking, I was making root cuttings and I was, and then eventually I went to the farm and I planted the comfrey and it never grew. And it was all about, because I took the root cuttings at the wrong time of the year. Wow. I should have waited. Yeah. I should have waited at the very last, very, I would say late fall because it needs to accumulate. The root needs to accumulate a lot of, it needs to accumulate energy into the root. It needs to store energy into the root. And that's what it does during the summer. So it can re-sprout from the cuttings. And I, I invested all these hours and then I got nothing in return. So that's why after that I created, I'm not sure if you have that, maybe you have that book, American Horticultural Society Plant Propagation book. It's like a Bible for plant propagation. I don't have that one, but it yeah, I can, like it'd be a good one to have on my shelf yeah, for sure. You have all possible plants that you want to, if you want to propagate and you just open a page and you just, you just read when really? and how to do it. And I ba- I created a calendar based on that, based on the recommendations for that book, because certain, like certain plant propagation techniques have a certain timing. You do your hardwood cuttings during the winter. Okay. So you don't do it in, in the middle of summer and you do plant, you do root cuttings uh, from late fall to early, early spring. And then I created a calendar based on that. So yeah. One example. I, will, I will say comfrey must be way more forgiving here than it is in your climate, because I think I could pretty much cut, take the root cuttings anytime for my comfrey and they'd probably grow. But you, but I do agree with you on the, like we, I have a, just this year, I took a lot of cuttings for my elderberry early in the season and you got to do that at the right time. And just, when I ended up rooting a whole bunch of those and I really expanded the amount of elderberry on my property and you're right. You're just, things are really particular. Most things are really particular on when you take those things. And, and yeah. That's part of that planning. It's, it all works together. It, it even falls back to that right in the beginning. You're planning when you're designing that and you're planning out your schedule. Yes. Uh, when are you going to take these cuttings? When are you going to be able to expand whatever you're doing with yes. those cuttings later? It's all part of that first plan, really. Yeah. And just to follow up on the food forest example, like if you're doing, for example, establishing your food forest, then you can only plant bare root trees at a certain time of the year during the winter. And then you can do your earthworks only at a certain time of the year because you're kind of you want to do it before the spring rains come and when it's warm, so you can plant your cover crops. And also you can then you are applying your foliar fertilizers throughout the growing season and stuff like that. So having a calendar and having that big overview of when things need to happen is really helpful. From yeah. a fire management perspective, because then you can look at the calendar and you see, okay, so this is what I'm doing right now. I can do it this month and the next month, and then you can plan accordingly. Yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah, and I, I think that's really important too. Like I said, you can jump, you can waste a lot of time. Just and I've done it. I've done. I've just jumped in and done things. I jump <laughs> yes. in and just do things without really planning it out and making the schedules and really thinking it out. And then you find out you wasted a lot of time because things yes. didn't work out and things just didn't happen the way they sh- like like you wanted them to. 
And then you go back and you step back and say, okay, now why didn't this work? Oh, I, like you said, with the country, it's like you just did things at the wrong time and, and you just didn't plan it right. So I think you're right. It's a very important part of it, especially if you want to save money, time, energy. And it's, it's really important. Yeah, and it's very frustrating if you have to wait for the whole year for yeah. something to try again. And yep. you don't have, I know that I read somewhere, you basically get like, if you get into this farming and homesteading thing early, you get like 40 tries <laughs> yeah. in a life. No? Yeah. For, right. And 40, is, I said a lot. Some people, you know, get less. You have 10 tries. Yeah. So you, wanna, you want to do this <laughs> correctly the first time at the right yeah. time. I didn't jump in until right away, I was yeah. 40. So I'm thinking I got 30, 40 years tops of yes. doing this. So that's 30 tries to, yeah, well, let's say that's if you're planting potato, let's, you have 30 tries for a potato to have a good harvest. Running out of tries quickly. We got to have to yeah. speed this up. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, we've talked about the the first two of your trident there. How about the how? Let's talk about yeah, that. How. Let's get started with it. <laughs> okay. So the how is being efficient, doing things in the, doing your task, whatever you're doing in a correct way. So you can do yeah. a lot of things, uh, a lot of right things, work on the lot of right things in the right order at the right time. And you still do a poor job at it because you, for example, if I take just planting a tree, you could plant your tree and then bury the graft union and then you render your rootstock not worthy or you add fertilizer to the hole and then you actually do verse for your tree because then all the roots are staying within that hole. So, and that's just one example. You can do yeah. a lot of things with the enthusiastic and just doing it and because you read something, you watch something and you do it wrongly. So it's as, as important as the other two that I said, so. Yeah, I've seen a lot of, there's a lot of folks out here doing YouTube videos and stuff, and they're throwing stuff out there that, because they've just learned how to do it. So they do a video on it, yeah. they're not really experienced if it worked well or not. Yeah. And you know what? I'm guilty of it too. I've talked about things on my podcast because yeah. I seen a video on, I was like, Hey, I, I seen this and, I, and I, I don't say that I've done it, but I say, well, that looks like a pretty good idea. Well, then come to find out I tried it. And then it's like, okay, I got to come back now and say, well, you might not want to do that. Cause it yeah. for me. And I've had that, I've had that happen and you're right. You waste. It's part of that. How it's like you, you may or may not do it the right way. So it's really nice if you can put in the research and learn and try to be a little more efficient on that and do it, not waste one of them 40 tries you got. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I wouldn't like to be you know, looked at as I'm so, so, so organized. I'm very disorganized a lot of times. And if you would come to my home, you would see that there are a lot of things that I'm not tending to because I have to prioritize. Yeah. So, but I would say that for certain things that are important to me, I do create like workflows and protocols. And uh, I'm not sure in what industry that is, but standard operating procedures are really kind of important to me in a sense that, okay, I know what I need to do in what order. And especially, I know this maybe doesn't apply to homesteading that much. But time motion studies, like Joe Salatin says, you, you want to know kind of what what amount of time a task will take you so you can plan. For example, when I'm going to my farm, I already know because I track so many times how much does it take me to, for example, mow, mow the grass between the rows and put that as a sheet mulch on my plants. 
So I know if I'm going there, if I have like six hours in a day, I can four hours will be just that, and I have two hours for something for something else. I, so yeah, I think it does apply to homesteaders really well, and I'll tell you why. Because when you're a full time farmer or full time market gardener, that, that's your job. It's all day long, yes. every day. But when you're a homesteader, you might be working a forty or fifty or sixty hour a week job. Yes, and then time management and resource management becomes really important because I've only got a few hours a week to do this, and it's, yes. I think it, so. I think it has a, a big impact on the homesteader, just as much so as a farmer or a, or a market yeah. gardener. I really do. Well, yeah, I don't know about you, but I spend like because I have an online business and I do teaching consulting on my with my permaculture apprentice. I would say that on average i work five hours on my computer online stuff and then the rest of the day is doing stuff outside in the garden in the food forest everything else but sometimes i would have like only one hour or two hour a day despite this being me like a job that i do like the farming and homesteading and permaculture and stuff like that but still i find myself okay i have one hour what do i need to do Okay, and it's easily to put things on your task manager. Okay, I need to, for example, today, my task before this interview was to plant spinach, to sow spinach, to do some module sowing, to harvest radish. So I have those three tasks, but the most important part is that you kind of have the big picture view of that's kind of for today, but what's happening in in a week's time. Okay, so what's happening, we are almost... Mid-year. So mid-year means that you are kind of that you are now sowing your crops for fall. Okay. So and if you want a succession garden, a plant next crop, then you need to already to have uh, things in the modules waiting to be transplanted. So mm-hmm. it takes a little bit planning yeah. in advance if you want to stay on top of the things. Even the way I grow lettuce, like I have like a lettuce bed and then I'll yes. have I have like a few rows of lettuce. And then I yes. what I do is I like every two weeks. I plant another row yes. and yes. pick and then plant. And so you're just in this constant rotation and you have to plan that out. You have to have the seed. You have to be ready to go. I even have another bed where I let us actually go to seed so I can harvest those seeds. So I always have this, like just this endless amount of lettuce seed, but I can just keep it. And it's a small bed. We're talking a four by eight bed, but I have lettuce constantly in it because yes. I just harvest a row here, row there, plant a row. And it's just this constant flow, but you have to plan that out. If you don't take the time to do that, harvest that, plant it. Every couple of weeks, you're not going to have lettuce. <laughs> it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't tell you the number of times I was like, okay, I harvested this and what am I going to fall with? And I don't have nothing. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't have nothing ready. So, yeah. So, yeah, you're right. The sh- having a step by step plan or uh, some kind of workflow or something written out could really help yes. with that. Yes. Because um, yes. I have forgotten. I mean, I've, because I don't write things down all the time or I don't keep no. a spreadsheet no. necessarily. And then I forget, okay, I did, did I plant that? I don't think I planted anything last week. <laughs> it happens. So what, you're big on using guides and step-by-step plans. Yes. What do you, yes. what kind of tools do you use to put these together? In the beginning, I was mostly, it was mostly the regular tools that you would use, like spreadsheets, spreadsheets, Google Docs. Yeah. Like Google and I had, I had yeah. Evernote to collect all the kind of art- articles and write my notes. Like Evernote, I was big on Evernote because I would have different notes for different systems and different things I was doing. And I would, when I would come on some useful article like mm-hmm. yours or something else, I would just click to save. 
and mm. it will be already, I would say, within notebook later on. And I done it many times. I would be outside working on something, and then I would be okay. So how do I do this? And then I would go to my notebook, and then I would read. But eventually, I did create more structured guides with the links and everything for myself, and then for my students as well. And I did move to maybe more sophisticated tools. Like everyone is very, everyone probably knows task managers. Yeah. like to-do list or to-do or whatever. I don't, I'm not sure if you're using any, but you know, simple writing on a whiteboard, what you need to do today or tomorrow or this yeah. week, that's your task manager, okay? But then you have like a level up would be a project manager. Project manager would be tools like ClickApp or Asana or Notion. I do use Notion. I use Notion for everything. Notion is my project manager, task manager, notebook and it does have a calendar, but I use calendar in the independently from that. Yeah. But most of my what, like my road, roadmaps and when, like calendars are made with spreadsheets. And then I have, I manage my projects in Notion and I would, and I'm going to, I prepared for your listeners, I'm going to prepare and they'll be able to access it on my website, permaculturepractice.com slash Harold. I'll prepare a PDF where with all the tools for the property management that I recommend. Project manager, project managers, task managers, notebooks and calendars. But the big picture would be that if you want, and if you are inclined to do planning, you can use project manager, which will help you to have a big overview of all the projects that you have going around the farm. And the big thing is to organize your projects like on hold, ready to do, and in progress. Probably in progress is going to be like, it's not like all projects are equally important and or you are doing it. You have some ideas, ideas usually go to on hold. Then you have some things that are ready to do, but you're not doing them right away. And you have things that are in progress. So that's kind of one simple way to organize your projects. And then when it comes to, and each of that project will have certain tasks that you are doing, for example, a project would be for me that I'm doing June planting. That would be project. And the subtask or task within that project would be that I'm module sowing certain plants that I'm transplanting that I'm planting. And you do that on a basis, on a typical task manager basis, what you're doing today, what you're doing tomorrow, what you're doing this week. And then also you have the calendar, which is I'm very, I live in by my calendar. Everything is in my calendar. I look at the calendar at every day. I look at what's happening that day, how I have my day organized. This mostly for, let's say, reminders and yeah. certain events, one-off events. And then there is a notebook where you collect. So for people who are not creating their own guides, I would say that having a place where they can save, capture those, because on a daily basis, we get bombarded with so many information. And information, I don't know how to say. There, there is some saying that if it's if it was only about information, then everybody would be rich and walk with walk with like a bodybuilder body because we would be all healthy and strong. If it is only to information, it's not about information. It's more like being taking that taking action, and you can only take action if you can easily access the information. And for that, I recommend that you have a certain specific place where you put all things that you find interesting and so you can easily access them later. 
And basically that's it. That's how you capture, you organize the information that you collected and then you access it when you need it. Well, I love that you're offering the, that stuff. I find there's different kinds of people. There's some that just can't get away from a pencil and paper. And I think it's fine. If it works for them, yes. it helps them take action. I think it's great. I'm kind of a tech guy. I like I like online spreadsheets and documents. Yes. And I like to use tools like that. It's just who I am. My phone, I've got like a notepad on there. When I'm doing like projects, if I have a project, say I'm planning this spring or in the summertime, I will go ahead and put a doc together and then I will start and it's for that project. And then I'll start listing out materials that project's going to take. Say I'm going to build yes. something. I'll go ahead and start putting down my material list. And I'll start looking for those materials on sale or even yes. used or whatever. So I don't have to spend so much money until I get to that project time. And it's just little things I do like that. But I use online documents for things like that. And it always keeps in my mind what I need and what I need to be looking out for and, and then a time to do it. So I just love using online tools. And I love it that you got some spreadsheets and some tools for folks that they could yeah. jump in there. And, <clears> I'll, I'll make a list. With yeah. what I recommend and what I've used with a, with a summary and how to use it. And then they can, they can see, because you, even for me, I wasn't aware of all the tools and I'm rather tech savvy. I enjoy this stuff. And then I would be, oh, I really didn't know that these, all these tools exist yeah. and you can use them. So, and they made my life definitely much more, I'm much more productive and I have my more time for my family and I do more stuff and I can outsource my, my thinking to, to certain tools. Yeah. Yeah. I do find though, I'm such a techie when it comes to stuff like that. Sometimes I get so wrapped up in tools. That I, I spend a little too much time checking out new tools when yes. the ones I've been using for a long time work just fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, you can do that in a simple notebook, yeah. pen and paper, or yeah. whiteboard, or whatever. Yeah. And I've always loved the idea of journaling and keeping track of everything in a, a nice little book and just kind of keeping track of everything. I'm just, every time I start it, I fail at it. I just get to where mm -hmm. I, it, does, it isn't as convenient for me yeah. as grabbing my phone or a computer and doing it for me. Yeah. I know not everybody's like that, but yeah, for folks who are like that, yeah, you got some great tools there for folks to use. Now you got like I wanted to mention your website is phenomenal. You got some great stuff there. You've got, you teach a lot of things. I what kind of, you offer some courses, right? Yes. Well, there is a, I try to over the years cover the whole permaculture journey or in permaculture journey can be or farming or homesteading. It doesn't matter. But with my courses and the materials that I produce, the resources that I have, they cover the whole journey from finding land to then designing that land and then to implementing. Yeah. So, and that's how I have the content on my website, which is free. And that's how I might have my courses on finding land, on designing the farm, and then implementing your design or establishing the property. So that's yeah. how basically I cover. And I was, I say that all the tools that I have for my students, I use them. I use them and I created them, as I said, sketching my own niche. Yeah. Because with the resources that I offer, people can do things on their own. It's yeah. like, I'm not sure if uh, there is, like, a lot of courses are a lot of, like, video information, video lessons. and But the courses I'm creating, they are more heavy on giving you, as you can see, like, exact templates, like play resources and stuff like that. That's what I'm, like, if I'm about one thing, it would be, like, practical things yeah. that you can use 
eventually, as the technology progresses, I would like it to be like a tool that you would take everywhere with you. For example, I do when I'm on outside on the side doing something, I would take my phone and on my phone, I would have the guides and everything and ready and sheets and everything. So I kind of create a system to be ex- extremely practical in that sense. Yeah. Well, I, I would encourage folks to sign up for your newsletter because I I did a few weeks ago and you give a ton of information in your newsletter. You show some real examples in there too, on like permaculture design, designing the land, laying yes. out the land. And you put some really practical, useful things right in that newsletter, which I thought yes. was really neat. You do a good job of that. So thank you. You got some great stuff going out there. So yeah, folks need to check out your website. They need to they need to go check out these uh, this page you're putting together. It's got these uh, documents on it for them to use these tools that they can use for kind of time management and project management. Yes, and they need really. to sign up for your newsletter because like I said, it's useful <laughs> for sure. Thanks. Yeah. But yeah, anything else you'd want to leave folks with as far as encouraging them as in project or time management or, or any of these things? Well, the two, well, at least for me, two important things are well at least when it comes to my own progress in life would be managing expectations in a sense that it's always we have big goals expectations things that we want to do and if you're kind of hard on yourself because you're not fulfilling something that you wanted then it doesn't then what's the point in trying to pursue that lifestyle if you are you know, not happy. The point is to, to enjoy yeah. your life. So managing expectations would be really important, yeah. And the second one would be not to compare yourself with others. Yeah. I think I'm, on, I'm not sure where I read it. Maybe it was Jordan Peterson who said that the only person you should compare yourself is the person you were yesterday or something like that. Because yeah, it's easily... Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, it's easily, at, at least for me, I would look all those... You know, permaculture influencers or whatever you call them, Richard Perkins or Curtis Stone. I'm sure you know about Curtis mm-hmm. Stone, the yeah. off-grid farmer. And then I would be, oh my God, he achieved so much in, in one year. And I've done, I, I, I need five years to do as much as he. But most important thing is that I get into that negative habit of doing that. Yeah. But the most important thing is to look at what I have done through these my five years and what mm-hmm. progress I've made and then manage my expectation not to be not to be in some negative mindset that I'm not doing enough because I I should enjoy everything that I created thus so far. And the tools that I'm recommending and the things that I have here should only serve to fulfill that purpose to enjoy your homesteading journey. Yeah, that's a good word. I agree with you that overwhelm can definitely happen and definitely get burned out if you can't if you you don't manage those expectations i also have a fine line there though it's like i want fairly big expectations because it feeds my passion and it gives me something to shoot for but if you go too big that's just completely unreachable and it's going to be you can't bring yourself out but i do like to set myself some pretty lofty goals of course what i want to accomplish because it feeds my passion it keeps me really hungry to see it happen and so i like that too so there's a middle ground there for sure yeah that's a vision and i'm always thinking more like we all have big visions, but managing expectation on if you can do it this year or no. There you go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In, in probably in that sense, because things usually take time. I think Bill Gates said you underestimate, no, you overestimate what you can do within one year and then is it or 
underestimate what you can do in 10 or something like that. Yeah, something like that. I've heard it too. Something yeah, like that. that. Something like that. that. So in one year, you could be ideally achieving enough. And then when you look at 10 years, looking backwards, and then you see, oh, I did so many things. So Yeah. I agree. Yeah, it's amazing. It's it's amazing. You can do it with a small piece of property, a large piece of property. I think my co-host, she just she just yes. interviewed Justin Rhodes. And yes. it, just, it just came out today. And they were recording this. And he had said something in there about consistency. They, she was asking him, how, yes. how do you get so much done? Mm-hmm. And his response was hard work and working on the days when maybe most people would just take that day off and just staying at showing up, showing up, showing up and doing it every day. And if you're just doing that and you keep pushing forward, even if you don't get as much done today as you wanted to get done, you're taking steps, you're making things happen. And, and I try to remember that sometimes because sometimes it feels like I'm not getting as as much done as I would like to also. And I just do a few things, do something, just something today that will make a better tomorrow. And if you just keep doing that, you're going you're going to go far you really are yeah, you're going to accomplish yeah. a lot over time yeah yeah i usually have like a it's not a rule but i don't know how to explain it. maybe it's a some kind of mental framework where within a day i'm kind of doing maintenance but maintenance is keeping me at the same level and then it has mm. to be something with the install like install something new and yeah. it doesn't have to be something big but this kind of the progress that day, for example, I planted yeah. my spinach today, so I didn't do much, but that's progress. Yeah, and I maintained certain things, so yep. I done something. Yeah, and I think that's important. It's all we can really do. And if you try to do too much, <laughs> yeah, like you said a few times, overwhelm is real, and it can get a yes. hold of you. And and if that does happen, just step back take notice of what you've accomplished, but go slower from there on out. I think that's a good way to look at it, but yeah, get you a schedule, get you, get you, get the tools to, you know, plan the, and start considering the, your trident there, the what, when, and how, and put that together. And I think you can accomplish big things and, and you can reach some dreams maybe that didn't seem reachable in the past yeah. and yeah. just yeah. keep going forward. I think that's a good word. So, well, I sure do appreciate you coming on, William. I think you've had Thank a lot to much. offer and I hope folks will definitely check out your stuff because I know I've really enjoyed checking it out and you got a lot going on, man. You're a busy guy. I can tell. So you, you need these kind of schedules to keep you going because you got yes. a lot going on. It looks yeah. like you're accomplishing more online than I, than I can even hardly imagine. And I do quite a bit. So Thank you. <laughs> doing good. So I appreciate you coming on. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Harold. Looking around, I finally see I think I need a change The rat race I want to flee My world I'll rearrange I'm getting back to the roots Of how it's meant to be Growing gardens, picking fruit Racing livestock, living free It's a modern Build a modern homestead A lot of folks don't understand Why I wanna live this way They've never eaten from their land Like we do here every day Snapping beans like Grandma did Sitting on her front porch Hunting and fishing like a kid Once you've done all of your chores
there's a way to make this change you gotta start today it's time